Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Having funlessness. Episode 298. Oh, whoops, I forgot. I forgot. I'm supposed to do the announcing my tour dates. I'll do it right now. We didn't do it before the theme song. I'll do it right now. Everybody, by the time you hear this, it will be just days away from me being in Minneapolis, which I will be on Saturday, August 10th at the Cedar Cultural Center. Please come. It's an 8 p.m. show. I have a fabulous opening act. He'll do a little bit of time. Everybody there, if you buy tickets in advance, what does in advance mean? It means buying them over the internet right now, jenkirkman.com, right on, right on the homepage. You will get a free download card of my comedy album, Just Keep Living, which is my Netflix special, but the comedy download has 17 minutes of bonus material. So, You'll get a free one at the show if you buy tickets right now instead of waiting at the door. Oh, my God. How fun. Anyway, see you, Minneapolis. Tell a friend. Uh, selling pretty well, actually. And we should have a nice full house. But uh, I can always have it fuller. And after the show, I'll be signing and selling books. Books I wrote, not just any book. And that's it. So we'll see you there. Now, the rest of the country. You can see me in the month of August in Nashville, I have the great um, pleasure of uh, making my debut in Birmingham, Alabama, as well as Athens, Georgia, and as well as San Antonio, Texas. Then I'm back in regular old Houston and Austin, Texas, places I've visited many times. I am in Brooklyn and Boston in September, as well as Toronto as part of the JFL 42 Festival, including a live podcast taping of this very podcast there up in Toronto and doing many stand-up shows as well. And then London, Manchester, Amsterdam, and Oslo coming up in October. My God, it's still going on. 
I will also be in Los Angeles in September on the 26th. More about that later. And I will be in Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, San Francisco, Richmond, Virginia, and Durham, North Carolina in November and December. The Richmond, Virginia, and Durham, North Carolina shows are called Comedy with a Touch of Christmas. It is a normal stand-up comedy show, but there will be a lot of little fun Christmas elements about it because it's so close to the holidays. So that's it. Let's get started with this week's episode. I would like to announce that I am part of the Sklarbro Country family. Welcome you, one and all, to Sklarbro Country. It's a figurative land where some pretty incredible podcasts exist, including ones from myself, Marilyn Ricecub, Jonah Ray, Alex Edelman, Trey Crowder, and the Well-Read Podcast, and of course, the Sklar Brothers. Uh, we are all part of the same collective. You can listen, you can subscribe, you better enjoy. We're on TuneIn, Radio Public, Stitcher, CastBox, FM, whatever you're listening to it on now, Apple Podcasts. So thank you, my old pals, the Sklar Brother, for putting together such a cool collective of comics. And if you want more info about all these great podcasts, go to sklarbrocountry.com. That's S-K-L-A-R-B-R-O-C-O-U-N-T-R-Y.com. My brain's not working. I feel like I spelled all of that wrong, but I know I didn't. Oh my God, this week we're going to talk about, well, I've got a lot of listener emails and uh, one of our listeners needs advice and I'm going to shut my mouth for once and ask you guys to give it to her. I'll talk about doing David Spade's new TV show, which I already filmed last week. All the inside gossip about that show and uh, not really, but, and then uh, going to Disneyland. Uh, we've talked about that, but I wanted to talk about the angry mom who says millennials without kids shouldn't go to Disneyland. She didn't say Gen X without kids couldn't. And oh, so much more. This episode is sponsored by Away and our new sponsor, Honey. So let's get into it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if anybody knows this. I'm a huge David Spade fan. Now, Oh, I'm also going to talk. Somebody asked my opinion on Marianne Williamson. I'm going to get into that in this episode, too. Now, I am a huge David Spade fan. And, you know, I know if you are like, wait, that's throwing me for a loop. A loop? Uh, that doesn't seem like someone you'd be a fan of, Jen. Now, I, that sounds like I'm insulting him. But um, when I was in high school and he was on the SNL, I was like, this guy's a cutie, because that's my type. I like a short, tiny person, and I, that probably sounds like an insult, but I mean it as a compliment. Um, Prince is in this category as well. Um, so anyway, that's just always been... Uh, I mean, I've dated all kinds of guys, but a, a recent uh, long relationship I had was with someone uh, like a tiny person. <laughs> And um, I don't know what it is. I find it adorable. A lot of people go, you just want to dominate them. I'm like, no, don't be so basic. It's not like that at all, actually. Um, uh, it's not that at all. I just, It's just how I'm wired. Just how I'm wired. I mean, I'm probably a tiny person myself, so I probably like other tiny people. So, anywho, um, at first it was just a crush. But then when I was in college and after no it was after college I started doing stand-up I was telling these stories I mean they weren't funny yet because I was new to stand-up but I was telling stories about being a weird kid growing up and I wasn't a nerd this wasn't nerd culture this isn't Star Wars not Chris Hardwick's act Brian Posehn's act not there's anything wrong with it but it wasn't that it wasn't about being the kind of kid because here's my thing with nerds is you found other nerds 
So you hung out with nerds. I didn't have anyone that was into anything I was into. I had an eclectic group of friends, and we all were into different things, but we were all strange and different to the other kids, which was fine with us. We didn't want to be like them either, and we all hung out together. But, you know, once we got into our... Like, I was obsessed with the TV show Moonlighting. I would tape it on the VCR and then also put a cassette recorder up to it, audio, so I could listen to it at school. And I would write it out into a script and then, like, read the scripts. That's what a weirdo I was. I was really into that TV show when I was, like, 8, 9, 10 years old. Now, my best friends that understood me more than anyone else... Uh, One of them, Shauna, is still my friend. We just made dinner plans for when I'm going back to Boston in September. Uh, She wasn't into it like that, but she thought it was funny that I was, and she would make fun of me about it, or not make fun of me, but just acknowledge it, my weird obsession with it. And and she had things that she was obsessed with that that I thought were weird, and, and that's it. So I didn't have people in my life that did the same exact things. And so, um... When I started doing stand-up, I would tell stories about some of the weirder things I did as a kid. like, And it just wasn't quite landing because I think people maybe felt sorry for me. Like, I wasn't trying to make it come off sad. It was supposed to be funny. And in a weird way, I was... um, It it didn't crystallize for me officially until actually a few years ago. And I heard my friend John Hodgman on Mark Maron's podcast, and he was talking about how when he was growing up, he was um, what he called eccentric. And I was like, oh, that's exactly what I was. I was eccentric. And that sort of implies that you want to be weird. I mean, I I don't know about nerds. I know nerds like what they like, but I think it hurts their feelings that people are mean to them about it. I didn't care. I just thought anyone that hurt my feelings, something was wrong with them. And now, as I'm older and on the internet all the time, I'm way more sensitive about that. I'm like, why are you so mean? But back as a kid, thick skin. And I, um, I, uh, you know, would do weird things like dress up like Groucho Marx and go to the slumber party. But I wasn't delivering it, I guess, in the quite right way. And some of the stories I was telling, and I've told them a million times since then, they're, they've been on comedy albums, you know, since I've started. And, you know, or I went to, uh, I, I got this lead in the school play. I thought I was a lead because it was a play about Red Riding Hood, but it wasn't the Little Red Riding Hood. It was called The Trial of Little Red Riding Hood. And she was on trial for some reason, and the Big Bad Wolf was making his case. And the star of the play was the judge. And I was like, wait a minute, I got totally bamboozled. Red Riding Hood had the least amount of lines. And I was like, what kind of loser shit is this? Like, I was the only kid in school that wanted to be an actor. And I literally, I like, I, to this day, I, I actually talked about this in therapy last week. And I think my therapist was like, okay, this is weird that you've never told me this. It's never come up. It was part of a larger issue about disappointment and entitlement and things like that. But I was like, God, I've been like this since I was little. I was like... I like acting. I'm the only one in the school that does. So therefore, when there's a school play, I should be the lead. End of story. That's how it goes. And I remember we had auditions for the the trial of the Big Bad Wolf. And we all had to read the monologue of the judge. And I didn't know even reading the monologue that the judge was the star. I just thought, well, I don't know. They're having us read this part. And then when they cast me as Little Red Riding Hood, I was like, oh, my God, didn't even audition for the lead. Fucking nailed it. Then I saw the script. I had one line. That was, I'm innocent. That was it. That was it. One line. So the the, the play 
the uh, the the judge is like, you know, imagine this crazy courtroom of characters, the big bad wolf. I know you're like, Jen, how is this a story about David Spade? I'm getting there. The big bad wolf, Little Red Riding Hood, the pigs, everyone's running around. The judge is like, you know, almost picture like uh, Judge Judy, right? It, just a put upon judge, maybe even a little Harry Anderson in Night Court. And that's how I was thinking about it because I fucking loved that show. And and so I even, I'm telling you, we we knew what the part was. We we got to bring the sides, as they would call it now in the business, home to read. I memorized it. I came into school the next day, and the he- the the judge's lines were um, had to do with having a headache. So you know those things, um, they're wa- those water bottles that uh, it it looks like a big round poof, and you screw open the top and you put ice in it and then you screw it back on and it's like a bag and you put it on your injury. I think, I mean, I'd never seen adults put these bags on their head when they had a headache, but I, maybe I saw it in a cartoon or something and I thought this would be so funny. So I brought, no, of course my parents had one. I brought the little ice bag in and I acted like the judge and I even had a little, I think it was like something like a cape, you know, to look like a judge's cape. And I was in the part and I put the ice bag on my head and I was like, all right, already, that's enough. Oh, I have a splitting headache. Just get on with it. You know, something like that. I didn't get the part. I'm nine years old, devastated. This girl, Erin, who didn't want to be an actor, was in the quote popular group and actually not a mean girl. I I was actually friends with her because she kind of lived in my neighborhood and she would invite me over. But it wasn't even mean like you're my secret friend. It was like our parents knew each other and we would hang out and like have a fine time, but we weren't in the same groups at school. And like for some reason it was just fine. Like I don't even know how to explain it. So she wasn't a bad kid or a mean kid at all. She was just like totally neutral, but she was part of that like click. And um, she got the lead and I was like, I don't understand. I remember her, re- we all went around the room and had to read it. And I remember when she was reading it, I was like kicked back in my chair all like, oh yeah, I got this. She blows. This is how she read it. I'm, I'm not joking, you guys. To this day, this runs through my head constantly. I was telling my shrink about it. She was like, you poor thing. I mean, she's, she's not really like, oh my God, that sounds so hard. She's like, all right, get a grip. So she goes, all right, guys. You have to understand how I'm not exaggerating. I, If in any way you think I'm just being funny, you have to stop and go, no, no, verbatim this. All right, all righty, that's enough. I have a splitting headache. Just get on with it. That She got the part. She never, she, and I went up to her and go, hey, do you want to borrow my ice pack for the show? She was like, no, what? I don't even know what that is. I've never seen one of those things. My parents were like 10 years older than everyone else's parents. So we had different objects in our house. It's just like, well, just take a Tylenol. I'm like, oh, we just put ice in our heads. And I said, do you want to, like, you should say it differently. Because, you know, like, all right already. Like, it's not all right already. I was like, oh, you're probably thinking of all rise. And I think I was referencing, like, you know, a night court. Maybe that wasn't even on yet. Maybe I'm mishmashing my years together. But. She was like, no, I wasn't thinking of that. That's how I say all right already. I'm like, but you don't, okay. So she gets, so it's stuff like that. It was like, just a constant losing, but in a funny way, because in a way I was winning because I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I ended up being it. I mean, I still never got to play the judge in the trial of the big bad wolf. Um, And, you know, none of these kids, you know, it's like no one was mean. It was just like, I stuck out like a sore thumb. I was just like a weird kid. 
And then um, the school psychiatrist wanted to sit with me at lunch. And I was like, finally, some recognition around here. You know, I thought it was so cool. I went home and told my mom, like, the school psychiatrist didn't want me to sit with um, Terry and Shauna. She asked me to sit with her. My mother was like, what? No, wait, are you kidding? Get away from her. So that was back when psychiatrists were seen as crazy and not like the antidote to being crazy. Like, it was like, if you're a psychiatrist, you're crazy, which, you know, also could be a thing. So, anywho. So back in the 90s, I'm watching, uh, I'm doing stand-up for about a year. I'm trying to tell these personal stories. I think they're hilarious. Again, I just hadn't like harnessed the right attitude. And I watched David Spade's um, comedy special from them. And look, if you watch it now, you'd be like, that's problematic. I don't like that joke. That's that. And all your things. I get it. But you got to fucking have some nuance when you listen to these stories. I picked up on the fact that he talked about going to school as a kid wearing a picture of himself on his t-shirt and thinking it was super cool. And like his dad wasn't around and like his mom made all the decisions about stuff like that. And he didn't really know what he thought. And then kids made fun of him. And it was funny. It was self-deprecating, but you could see, well, he seems super cool now and he's owning it. And it was just fun. And there was something that tweaked in my brain where I went, oh, okay. So the audience kind of has to know that you're okay when you're doing the self-deprecating comedy. So it, it there's not really much you can do about it per se. You just have to keep being yourself on stage for so many years in front of so many different audiences until you really just are okay and they just believe it because of your energy. So I've always just loved him and I and again like still thought he was cute. So uh and just anytime he's on any kind of interview, I think he's just great. He has he will never run out of stories because his point of view is strong. He can talk about anything. And and I hate when people say point of view because it's always like, what does that mean exactly? It's just the lens through which he filters his experience. Could that be louder? Um, that was my phone. Sorry. Is uh is great. So to me, it's like anything he says is funny. And I'm I'm just a huge, huge fan. And uh <clears throat> so I think there's something really cool and unique about his style that I don't see a lot of comedians have and a lot of it is in the performance of it and anyway whatever so I got to meet him years ago and so I was very worried this time that he remembered our meeting because it was a little awkward um I basically when was this Todd Glass who's a friend of Spades is a really good friend of mine I haven't seen Todd in a while though um, we keep texting to make plans and then we don't, but, um, which by the way, counts as a very good friend in Los Angeles, especially when I've been out of living in New York the past few years. So anyway, um, I'm on Todd's podcast. Maybe this is like 2014, 13, 2013, 2014. I think it's 2014. And he's like going on the road with David Spade, whatever. And I was like, Oh, I wish I was David's friend. I, I just think he's so funny. He's like, you do, you do. Oh, oh. And I was like, I was like, oh, I have a little bit of a crush on him, actually. And he was like, oh, Kirkman. He's like, ooh, ooh, don't. Uh. And I go, no, no, I know, I know, I know. He dates like 20-year-old models, which, again, you'd be like, Jen, then why do you even like someone like that? Because, again, it's in my DNA. I just thought he was funny growing up. Um, and it's like, you know, I, yeah, it's a bummer. It's like, it's so, you know, it's just like men got a men. But um, not all men. Anyway, so I was saying to Todd, like, no, 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 I know. I'm just telling you. I have a, like, I my expectations were, and honestly, I would not date 
someone who uh, is a famous comedian. Like that's absurd and and all that. So it's not like this unrequited love. Like I'm so upset. It's just like oh, I think he's cool. I would totally be his friend. And uh, so cut to like maybe a month later, he's a guest on Chelsea Lately and we're doing this little sketch. It's like a two second long sketch that was just a little sketch to bump to commercial. And um, my bosses at the time, Tom and Brad, who now are actually producers producers of Spade's show, um, they were like, Jen, you, you do the bumper with Spade because we know you love him. I'm like, oh my God, that's great. So I go down to the little set and he walks in and he, he does this thing. He doesn't know McComic, doesn't know me, doesn't know we, we have the same friends. Um, and he goes, oh, nice to meet you. And I thought it was like a little flirty attitude. And I go, I go, I go, yeah, I have like a lot of TV makeup on now. So I know I look good. Uh, and I said, and I know you're like doing the obligatory flirting, but I'm friends with Todd Glass. I go, I'm a comedian too. He goes, oh, cool. And he never once was like, prove it, blah, blah, blah. Like he's sexist in that old school way that's like, I won't date you. And then otherwise, like, not like other comics I'll mention that uh, have given me a drink order. I'm like, I'm on the show. I'm not backstage because I'm a waitress at places that don't have drink service. Harlan Williams. Anyway, so he says to me, um, I go, uh, I'm friends with Todd Glass. And I told him, I think you're awesome. And then Todd went, don't make me say it, Kirkman. And he goes, ha ha, what, what, what is Todd what is Todd talking about? I go, oh, he basically said, like, I'm not young or hot enough for you, even though I'm younger than you. And he's like, ha ha, oh, no. Uh. And I was like, no, I get it. You date models and I'm, you know, 38. Oh, gross. Even though he's 10 years older than me. So, um, but like we were kidding and it was totally fine. I know it sounds a really fucked up thing to kid about, especially in this post Me Too world, but it was just like funny. And then after he was like, you were super fun. You were funny. I was like, totally. And then I was like, this is it. We're going to be friends. He's friends with all my friends and like literally not friends as an in to like being with him. Like I have to tell you how much I don't have a crush on him currently and didn't even then, if that makes sense. I just felt like, you know, when you just feel like maybe some of you feel this way about me where you're like, I think we'd be friends and she's so wrong that she doesn't know me. It's like that, but it's even more frustrating because he's in my business, like in the same business and we have some of the same friends. So, you know, Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'd have no like vibe or whatever. So I'm like, that went well. Now he's like my new friend. And he was following me on Twitter and it was just like awesome. And he followed like 40 people at that time. So Chelsea, God bless her. She was trying to do the right thing, but her reactions are not always good. Um, they were not always, um, let's say, grounded. And she would get carried away a lot. And so, and I know you're going to hear this and go, no, 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 it was awesome. But it wasn't because it was like, she'd come into my office at the end of the day, you know, and listen, I'm glad I had the, my office was like the one that you come in and hang out in on the couch and I, my office mate, Chris Brangela. And so she comes in with her cocktail. Hey, uh, she's like, how was today? What's going on? I'm like, oh my God, I got some, you know. It's like Chris and I are like debriefing. We're like, oh my God, I got to meet Spade. And like, I've always just like loved him. I used to have a crush on him. She's like, you had a crush on him? Why? Blah. 
And I'm like, oh, you know, blah, blah. She's like, you should date him. I'm like, oh, no, 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 Chelsea, that was not the point of the story. Like, no, 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 you don't get it, you don't get it. No, why, why? I'm going to text him right now. No, no, Chelsea, please, you don't understand. He dates models. Models, fuck him. He's older and short and he's 40. No, Chelsea, please, seriously, don't, 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 don't. Fuck, no, I'm going to, what, you're divorced? You've never been hotter? Like, come on, at least, like, casual sex. I go, no, Chelsea, Chelsea, no, you don't understand. I was like, runaway fucking train. She leaves my office and I'm like, what are you doing? I run to her office and she's like, calm down. I'm not going to do anything. And I was like, okay, thank you. Cause seriously, blah, blah, totally lying. She's totally lying. So the next morning she's like, oh my God, you were right about Spade. I go, what? And she goes, he really was like, I don't like date like women my age or comics or whatever. She's like, I just told him he's a fucking idiot. Like, so then she shows me her phone. She goes, look at this picture of your ass, how good it looks. I go, where'd you get this picture of my ass? It wasn't a nude photo. It was just like me standing in the office and like leaning over or something. And she took my picture when I wasn't looking and sent it to him was like, what's wrong with her body? And like, she's not wrong, but this is not what I wanted her to do. I was like, we are now friends. You are ruining the friendship. So then she gets invited to Howard Stern's birthday party and she can take a guest with her. And she, I'm the one that got her into Howard Stern. She used to talk about Howard Stern all the time. And, you know, she didn't like him because he used to make fun of her a little bit because he went to Boston University with Ted, who Chelsea used to date. And Ted is the one that invented Chelsea lately. And blah, 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 boom. And there was this whole thing with the E! Network because the Howard Stern show used to be on the E! Network, blah, blah, blah. And in case, and I, oh, I'm already over people listening for the first time. Is this all this show is? It's celebrity gossip. I never talk about this shit. Ever. This is like a, okay. So I said, Chelsea, Howard was talking about you today, but it was positive. And he said he thinks you're like cool and funny and hot and whatever. And this was, you know, I don't know, like 2010, 11. And she's like, really? She's like, okay, well, I'll get on the show then. And she comes back to my desk 20 minutes later. She's like, I just got on the show. I was like, well, you, you know, you can thank me. I mean, it's not really me. She would have eventually ended up on there, but I feel like I planted the seed. So then she's like super into Howard, whatever. And I'm like, I'm the one that's into Howard. So then... She's like, I can bring one person to his birthday thing. And I'm like, well, obviously me. Um, and then she doesn't bring me. She brings Josh Wolf, who worked on the show. He's never li listened to Stern a day in his life. And I'm like, what? I was so jealous. But also, like, I don't know. It kind of would have been worse in a way because I, it was like Sarah Colonna, Chris Frangelo, they're big Stern fans too. And they've known her personally longer. So it was just like kind of, but I worked there longer. But I don't know. It was like... Maybe it was better that she didn't uh, interrupt the three musketeers, kind of, and she picked Josh. And she goes, but David Spade's on the private plane on the way out with us. I'm like, well, thanks for that. Like, she's like, so I'm going to talk to him about you the whole way. I go, no, my God, stop talking to him about the whole way. She's like texting me. I'm bothering Spade right now. about. I'm like, you ha you're he's going to think I'm insane. Please stop. Please stop. And she didn't. And And I was like. I can't. I can't deal. So then, like, I don't know if it's related. It probably isn't. It was probably, like, my political ranting was annoying. But I, like, got unfollowed on Twitter. And I was just, like, I'm so bummed right now. And then, um, you know, I never ran into him or whatever. And then when uh, he got this show, I know the booker. It's my old friends, Adam. And my old bosses produced the show. And bing, bing, bing. And I got... A call that was like, hey, you know, we're going over the, the guests for the first week and Spade totally approved you to be on the show and like 
thinks you're great, whatever. He totally knows who you are, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I fucking hope. There's like no way to find out if he remembers this Chelsea stuff without bringing it up. You know, I couldn't say to my friends at work with them, do you remember this? <laughs> of course, everyone listening is probably going to do this. Because people that listen to the show have no boundaries. If you ever text or tweet him about this, I will block you and I will be so pissed. So this is between us. So anyway, uh, I do the show. He comes into my dressing room. He's like, hey. I'm like, I don't know where, like, what. I'm like, hi. I'm so nervous that I'm just like, I love the show. It's funny. There had been one episode so far. Um, And he was just really nice. And then we taped the show and he just, you know, I, of course, was paranoid because there's three chairs. Two are next to him. One isn't. And I was assigned to sit in the one next to him. I'm like, come on, everybody. Is he trying to? not be near me but they were like no 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 it actually it's the chair he looks to the most um so he wants someone he has a good vibe with I'm like don't bullshit me but I believed it it could be true my friend who works there was like I have it on I have the text so then we do the show it's super fun I don't feel like I'm that funny I'm really rusty on this roundtable stuff I feel like I'm talking too much I'm in like a shame spiral but he was really nice after the show and I'm gonna do it again in September so I think it went well um, those shows go by so fucking fast and they tell you the topics in advance. And then like all the, all the jokes I had for the topics we didn't end up getting to were super solid jokes. And I feel like the topics we did do and have great jokes for, and I totally brought me back to Chelsea lately. That used to happen all the time. And, and since I worked there, I'd have an in, I'd be like, come on, let's not do the topic about Mickey Mouse. I don't have any good shit to say about that. And sometimes I'd win. Sometimes I'd lose. Sometimes I'd win and sometimes I'd lose. Anyway, so it was really, what I liked about it is it's like a silly show, not about politics. And he's into it. Like he's into this stupid stuff that we talk about on those shows. And it was nice to be around that, you know. Um, At the end of Chelsea lately, it was stressful because she didn't want to talk about this celebrity stuff anymore. But we weren't quite in the... Trump era yet where the president was doing something insane every day that we could talk about. So it was like, well, it's not a political show and you don't want to talk about celebrities. So what else do we talk about? And it started to become like, I don't know. And then it was like she became friends with celebrities. So it couldn't even be about inside stories. It was just confusing. And it was just like a lot of, she just didn't want to be there. And you know, that's her prerogative of course. But um, I always felt if she had just sort of you know, rolled with it a little more towards the end. Like she could have not felt so tortured about it. But then as I'm saying that, I'm like thinking of jobs that I've left where I was like, I can't do it anymore. And then I look back, I'm like, it was fine. So anyway, but it was just nice to be around the, um, the, the just kind of like, ah, whatever, this is just a silly show kind of energy. And um, so, but one of the topics that we talked about on the show was something I was pretty passionate about. But of course, everything went so fast, I didn't really get to say much about it. I mean, I did. I said too much about it. But then we moved on to the next topic. But I was going to talk about this on my podcast anyway, which was the um, the mom who wrote a rant on Facebook about people without kids who go to Disneyland. So as you guys know... If you listened to a couple episodes ago, I talked all about going to Disneyland without kids and with my friends who don't have kids and how much I love it, blah de blah So this was one of the topics on Spade's show, but I swear I was going to do it anyway. So 
I want they, they didn't read this on his show, so this is what podcasts are for to be boring. So here we go. Disneyland mom, she writes this on her Facebook. And it was so funny because she wrote it. I think I actually think I saw this going around like right after, like the day after I got back from Disneyland and I was cracking up, but I wasn't wearing shorts, so it wasn't about me. It pisses me off to no end, all caps, a thousand exclamation points. She began her rant about pretzels, basically. Okay, uh, sorry, that was someone else cutting. When I see childless couples without a child at Disney World, DW is a family amusement park. Just imagine so many all caps and 50 exclamation points. Yet these immature millennials throw away their money on useless crap. They have no idea the joy and happiness it is to mothers who buys their babies treats and toys. She doesn't sound happy. I mean, I think they do know the joy because they're there buying the same useless crap you are, but because you're buying it for a kid, it's better. They will never experience the exhaustion that it is to chase a three-year-old around getting stares at assuming I'm a bad mother. Um, well... You don't need to bring a three-year-old to Disney World. There's like one ride they can go on, and it's the monorail that goes into the park. Otherwise, that's why they go, you must be this tall to ride this ride. You must be this tall. Three years old, they're not even going to remember anything. You're not a bad mother because they're running around. You're a bad mother because you're so angry, and you're bringing your kid to Disney World. I mean, for the love of God, you know, if you're nicer to people, they could actually be of service to you, you know? Um they could actually return your kid to you after... No wonder your kid's fucking running away from you. Um, this cunt, she writes. This cunt. So, I see, moms do this all the time. When my book about not wanting kids came out, which, by the way, came out 2013, six years ago. What? You still don't have it. It's called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. I wanted to call it You'll Change Your Mind, but Simon & Schuster was like, no. And then I called it something, and then I got all these reviews. You're infantilizing people without kids. And I was like, you know what? I'm just trying to fucking get it through the day. Sell my book. So buy it on Amazon. But it's about how shitty people treat, how shitty, the shitty treatment people without kids get from people. So, but it's always these ranting moms were on Facebook all the time ranting about my book. I'm such a busy mother. Well, why are you on Facebook ranting? Then you're not convincing me you're busy. So this mom writes, this cunt in some very slutty shorts was buying a Mickey pretzel and ate and wanted one, but the line was very long, so I said later, and it broke his poor little heart, and he cried. I wanted to take that fucking pretzel from that tramp, like, thanks, bitch, you made my son cry. Okay. Lines are long, and I'm sorry the woman was in slutty shorts. Something tells me that mom has an issue with her post-baby legs, and she wishes she could be in some shorts, and she's upset. I'm sorry to say it. But buying a Mickey pretzel, an eight and one and one, but the line was long. First of all, all you have to... It broke his heart. Well, then you have to console him and say, we'll come back and get one when the line's shorter. Or you just wait in the fucking line. What else are you doing? What, did you have a, a meeting to get to? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, go. you're going to go wait in another line somewhere else. And it was just because one person was in front of you? Like, you know who take you know who doesn't take a long time in lines? People without kids. You better hope when you're in line with your kid that the entire line in front of you is people without kids. I mean, yes, the best world would be there's never anyone in front of you in line. But whenever I get in a line, this is like you don't want people in you don't want kids in you don't want childless in Disney World. I don't want kids at Starbucks at 9 a.m. 
did we can have this? And then they name the whole menu and try to do that thing where they're like, I think my toddler's going to make a choice. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually putting money into the economy and I need to get my coffee. So if you could move over instead of giving your child sugar in the morning and caffeine, by the way. Anyway, DW is for children. People without children need to be banned. Mothers with children should be able to skip all the lines. You have no fucking idea what it's like to stand in line for three hours with a cranky, tired, exhausted toddler. And I can't just tell him that we can't do something because it's his vacation too. It's his vacation. From what? Being a child? Every fa- you, If you sat that toddler on, on the floor and gave him a box and said, this is Disneyland, he'd believe you because he's three. So this is, don't blame child, childless people. Blame yourself. Blame yourself for going way too soon to Disney. So then New York Post writes this article that's like, yeah, millennials shouldn't go to Disneyland. It's like, what? What is wrong with people? Um, they basically wrote a... This, this guy's article was just really obnoxious. He was like, I know, he was like, it's really weird when millennials go to um, to go to Disney World when they don't have kids. And I was like, what is this millennials thing? Like, lots of people don't have kids from age 20 to 50. You don't have to be a millennial not to have kids. We also have Generation X, the forgotten one. And like, <laughs> and maybe they're going to have kids later in life. It's normal to go to Disney World. There's things to do there for adults. So this guy ends his article that he wrote in the post. I know I'll get a barrage of emails and tweets explaining all the crafty ways Walt, Walt Disney worshippers um, you know, can save money on their Disney trips, but that's not the point. Why do the same old safe, boring thing when you can buy a round-trip Norwegian Airlines flight from New York to Paris right now for 280 bucks, get an Airbnb and sit along the Seine drinking rosé? Oh, who am I kidding? You'll skip the Louvre and go straight to Disneyland Paris. Hey, bitch, I know why. Because you go to Disney World for a day sometimes, especially if you live in the neighborhood. So the... Don't be like, oh, and then all you have to do is get a round-trip flight for 280 Then there's the cost of to and from the airport. Then you're staying in Airbnb. Don't suggest that a millennial take a one-week vacation to Europe instead of just going a couple days to Disney World or even just maybe they just got a day pass. Just leave everyone alone and stop saying millennials. You sound like old people. Millennials are like in their fucking 30s now. I mean, I'm not saying I don't notice a difference with the generations. Oh, trust me. Um, speaking of which, I got to bust some balls on Emerson College kids. Uh, before I do... I will tell you that I am so excited. Away Luggage, oh my God, one of my favorite sponsors. And they're going to be like kind of sponsoring my, my tour. You'll see, me, you'll see me tweeting about Away Luggage a lot. And, and they're, they're, truly, they're truly my favorite luggage. Um, I actually got an email from a listener. So, hey, Away Luggage, if you don't like, um, if you don't like my take on this ad, then... Uh, Maybe you'll hire the the listener that that loves your um, that loves your suitcases. But yeah, so away luggage. I have I have all of the suitcases. There's a medium. There's a big, large one for longer trips. There are two carry-on sized suitcases. One is a little smaller. One is a little bit bigger. But they are still perfectly suitable for overhead compartments. The carry-on luggage has USB port chargers, and you can plug two things in at a time. And if you're fully charged up. They can charge your phone over and over again. It's amazing. Anyway, Away Luggage. Visit awaytravel.com slash fun and use promo code fun at checkout. And I will tell you, if you're lucky enough to have an Away store in your uh, neck of the woods, there's one in Los Angeles and New York, 
I brought my suitcase in once because there was just a tiny little crack on the inside on one of the straps, and I'd had it for years, and I knew they could repair it for free because um, it's a lifetime warranty. And they were like, I'll just take a new suitcase, and they took my old one and gave me a new one. I mean, it's an incredible business. And I know it's summer, but maybe it's a, a gift you can buy yourself now, and then when you go traveling for the holidays, it's something to look forward to. You're like, oh, I've got my new fun luggage. And here's the deal. They create special objects that are designed to be resilient, resourceful, and essential to the way you travel today. Again, I love my away luggage. I have one in every size. I highly recommend that you get yourself a three-piece matching set. They will automatically give you a $100 discount if you get the carry-on, a medium, and a large suitcase. And then today, if you're just buying one suitcase, you're getting 20 bucks off by using promo code FUN at checkout. So here's the deal. Buy the matching three-piece set. They will automatically give you a $100 discount for a carry-on, a medium, and a large suitcase in addition to the $20 off a suitcase that I'm offering you today. So technically, that's $120 off of a luggage set. They offer quality materials for a much lower price. It really is so much cheaper than other suitcases by cutting out the middleman selling directly to you. Everything's made with premium German polycarbonate unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. That is true. I am a bag checker. These things are thrown around and they are fine and they last. And the suitcase is actually light. So you can only feel the weight of the stuff you put in it. They've got 360 degree spinner wheels, combination lock, removable laundry bag that keeps the dirty clothes separate from the clean. Again, all of the carry-ons are able to charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, anything else powered by a USB cord. Lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you. And if you buy these, it's a 100-day trial. Live with it. Travel with it. And if at any point you don't want it, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. Free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. Again, if you're in New York or L.A., visit their retail stores. For $20 off a suitcase, please visit awaytravel.com slash fun. And here's what our listener, Benjamin, says. He says, it's Ben. I've been listening to your podcast for years, and so far I've gotten the away luggage. Oh, my God, is that the best suitcase ever? I'm finally going to get a chance to use it when I go on a trip to L.A. Anyways, my partner took it to Michigan, and they said it was so awesome. So we came up with this term, luggagery. It kind of sounds like luxury. I was thinking maybe you could use that term the next time they sponsor you. That would be funny, but it's true. That suitcase was a lifesaver for my partner, and it looks and feels like luxury. So there you go. Luggagery. I think that's pretty cool. And I actually do get compliments, like, when I get out of the car and I'm rolling these suitcases into whatever hotel I'm in. Literally people, I'm not kidding, every city I go to on the street, that's a beautiful suitcase. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. I'm very wealthy. No, you don't have to be very wealthy to enjoy the away luggage um, because they have such great deals and I'm offering you an additional $20 off a suitcase. Go do it. Now, speaking of saving money, welcome to our new sponsor, Honey. Honey! Honey! Sorry. Um, here's the deal. I want you to go to Join Honey. That's the website joinhoney.com. If you just go to honey.com, you're going to get a website about honey. Not that there's anything wrong with honey, but that's not what we're advertising right now. Joinhoney.com slash fun. And here's what you're going to do. You ever buy something online and then you find out later that you missed a discount? Well, it's, you can stop overspending thanks to honey. It's a free, easy to use 
thing that you install on your computer in just two clicks. So shop with confidence, get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash fun. That's joinhoney.com slash fun. It's basically a smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online, right? You can buy whatever, you, whatever you're spending your money on. You know, if you're uh, buying a, you know, a fashion and tech gadget travel, you know, when I'm shopping at Amazon, Sephora, Best Buy, Nordstrom, and more with Honey, I don't have to worry about missing a deal. I'll just shop like normal, and Honey handles the rest. It's a free browser add-on that finds you the best deals online. The app magically auto-applies the best deal to your cart at checkout. It finds discounts and coupons across 37,000 sites. So while you're shopping and you're like, I don't know, I think I'm going to need a small and a large because I'm not sure what size the am. It depends if I'm loaded. While you're doing all that, Honey is finding discounts and coupons from 37,000 sites. Again, shop at places like Amazon, Sephora, Best Buy, Nordstrom, and more. And don't worry about missing a deal. Just shop like normal. Honey handles the rest, okay? It has saved 10 million members an average of $28.61. And uh, it's got over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. So Time Magazine calls it basically free money. So look it. There's really no reason not to use Honey. It's free to use, easy to install on your computer. It just takes two clicks. I'm going to do it. I'm always on that Sephora website. Amazon, you're going to be you got to be kidding me. I'm all over that. I want to save money. I need to save money. So shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com/fun. joinhoney.com/fun. The smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. All right, everybody. What was I saying? I'm going to tell you this when I get back from the break. No fucking idea what I was saying. Oh, Emerson. So I'm doing a show September 13th in Boston, and uh, these kids, they contact me. They contact my manager. Now, you can major in comedy at Emerson College now, which I don't know what I think of that. I'm, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I majored in modern dance and acting there. You might go, well, what's the difference? Well, the skills. Comedy is a different skill that I don't, I, don't know how the, I don't know how the teaching goes, but I hope they're getting up and going to clubs, and it's really the only way to do it is to do it, you know? Don't come at me with your diploma and think that'll impress me. So anyway, this 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 youngin reaches out to my manager, and I'm actually very um, flattered because I've graduated from Emerson 22 years ago, and I'm a best-selling author, and you know, was a long-time writer on many successful shows. Um, and the college uh, treats me like a redheaded stepchild. I get no love. They're all about the Jay Leno and the Dennis Leary and the blah 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 and the butt. Like, but I've been there too. And they've, I've offered myself over the years. Oh, hey, I'm on my book tour. The book just went bestseller. Do you want me to come speak at Emerson? No. I was like, okay, cool. Well, fuck you. And so now this kid that wasn't even like 10 years old back when I was trying to get Emerson to take me seriously reached out to my manager and said, would Jen like to speak at Emerson while she's here? Now, for no money, which, you know, when usually when you speak at a college, you do get paid, but whatever. Uh... So, uh, but I said, I, we wrote back right away. I said, I'd love to talk to the kids that are majoring in comedy. And I was even going to be nice. I wasn't going to pull up in my stool, my cigarette. Hey, kids, you want you majoring in comedy? Must be nice. And I was here. <laughs> um, but it is true. When I went to Emerson in the 90s, I asked the dean of acting, um, what should I do? I think I want to start stand-up. He goes, stand-up? You're 20 years old. Because some of the best comedians out there started at 18. You got to start young. Eddie Murphy started at 18. He lives in New York. You have to be in New York. So I just walked away and went, oh, okay. Because I used to listen to what adults told me. I was like, I guess 
guess I can't do stand-up then. And then I didn't try until two years later when I graduated college. And then I was like, I think I can do whatever I want. Oh, okay, cool. So I think it's funny now that they've fully embraced it as an art form. So I says to the kids and the manager and the people, I says, sure, I'll, I'll come do it. Um, I give them the times I'm free. And I say, but I'm only in town for less than 48 hours. And I have to do press for my show. And then I have to do the actual show. And my entire family lives there. And I'm seeing my parents. And that's like my main priority. And I'm not seeing anyone else. And so what time do they need me and when and blah de blah My manager wrote him back three times. And he never wrote back. And I'm like, excuse me. You have a success, a su- she can't even say it, a successful comedian, author, TV writer, jumping at the chance to speak to the kids for free, and you don't write back. And you're a comedy major who thinks he's got the world, you know, I don't know what he thinks, but you got to learn the basics. Fucking respect. Someone says they're going to do something, you fucking write back to their manager. You're lucky they got back to you. Even if you don't know, this is, and I'm sorry to say this, whatever generation this is, people that are 19 and 20, you have to write, even if you're like, oh, I didn't write back because I didn't know what days yet. That's not how communication works. It's literally a communications college. Communication. You write back. I'm so glad Jen's interested. Unfortunately, at this time, we don't know what day or time would be available for her. Uh, would she be willing to um, uh, hear from us on September 2nd? That's when I can offer her an exact time. If, if she needs to make a definite plan before that, I understand. Thank her for whatever. But they don't write back. That, that pisses me off. Now if they get back to me, I think I should say no because the whole speech is going to be what I just did. Excuse me. Just want you all to know. You think life is about writing your little one-hour comedy and getting out of here. Let me tell you something, kids. You send an email and someone like me writes back, you write back right away. Communication with the... T- well, uh, at least an emoji even. You can't even write back that. So, you know, now on the, on the flip side of it, I'm, I know I've talked about this on the show before. I got three thanks for your quick reply emails this week. And I'm, I literally, it was all I had to not go insane. We have phones in our pockets that have email. Our watches have email, should you be one of those people. iPads, computers. It's not hard to return an email right away. Now I know a lot of people don't, such as what I just said. And when people get their email returned right away, they're probably like, holy shit. That's so great. I'm so glad I got an answer because other people don't write you back. But whenever anyone emails me back quickly, I never thank them for it because I know it doesn't mean they prioritized me. It means they were sitting there doing something in line at the grocery store. They swiped their email. Something from me came up and they knew the answer right away. So they wrote back. In fact, if I write you right away and it's a no, it means I was trying to get you out of the way as quickly as possible, not because you're annoying me or anything, but because I'm go- I know I can't do something I'm going to forget, so I just write back right away to get it off my plate. It's not like I sat down with a cup of coffee and went, I have 400 emails. What's the most important to me? This one, no. Mostly, I'm just like, ugh, go, bye. It's not a compliment that I wrote back quickly. It's totally random. It means you emailed me the second I picked up my phone. Please don't thank me for it unless you want to do some, I, I just can't. Oh, my God, I was going to get into the Marion Williamson thing. Okay, so let me get into it really quick. Somebody asked me, Jen, 
Wait, maybe I'll get into this on the next episode because I think I need topics for other episodes and this could come out next week. But my basic point is I do not feel she should be running for president. This is a big mistake. How many minutes do I have left, Mackenzie? Uh, 11. Do you aim for an hour? I have 11 left if I'm aiming for an hour. I think I'm going to... Um, wait until next week because I have a longer thing to say about her and Bill Maher going on and on about antidepressants and they're overprescribed. It's a big, it's a big conversation. So I'm going to save it, but just know that um, I think she's being really irresponsible running for president and basically because of this and how she's been behaving, uh, although I did like some of her spiritual stuff, not, uh, I, um, I got some stuff out of stuff she had said in the past. Uh, and now that's it. I don't, she's not my messenger anymore. And the stuff I got from what she said is, is all just like basic Buddhism anyway. So it wasn't like, you can heal your cancer with your mind. Not, st- not stuff like that, but more just like gratitude and acceptance and, and things like that that you don't need to get from cults of personality. Okay, so I'll talk about that next time because I do have a lot to say about um, how people are getting played and how... It's bad. It's not good that she's running. Russia is um, is loving it. And um, I'm really afraid she can end up the nominee. I My friend Justin has me convinced now that she could. Okay, so I'm just going to read some emails. Um, I, I will uh, let you guys know. Oh, by the way, by the by, uh, someone once told me, this is a long time ago, I used to know these really religious people when I was a kid, and they said, by the way, is offensive because... Jesus is called the way. And so if you're just saying, by the way, it's sort of like dismissing Jesus. So you're supposed to say, by the by. Isn't that crazy? This is a really weird religious family that lived down the street from me. Not that religion's weird, but that was weird. Okay, so tour dates. Guys, I'm going to ask you to buy tickets in advance if you can and tweet at me using hashtag Jen Kirkman 2019. The best way to get the word out is for you guys to tweet I bought tickets blah 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 I really hope you come it's the joy of my life to perform live for you and I'm going to do much less touring next year because it's not that sustainable and I'm probably going to get like a real job I mean not like I'm gonna become a lawyer I mean like a more sustainable show business job and then just tour like maybe five to ten cities a year so enjoy it while you can write me an iTunes review, give it five stars, please. And I will read it on an upcoming episode, uh, buy my books, buy my comedy albums, all of it's available at jenkirkman.com. Click books, click albums, click shop. If you want to buy merchandise that supports this very podcast, there's a lot of fun things on there. Shirts that say, I seem fun, which is still applicable, even though it's the having funlessness podcast. And you can get, uh, all kinds of fun things on there. The feminist as fuck t-shirts and onesies and pillows and girls will be girls, all kinds of awesomeness. Things that say over 40, cute stuff. You can work out in it. They even make tank tops. So go to jencarbon.com, click shop, please support me and our awesome uh, podcast merch store, Tee Public. Each purchase supports an independent designer. Send an email to me at iseemfun at gmail.com and let me know what you thought of things on a certain episode. And there, of course, you can follow along on Facebook at facebook.com slash havingfunlesspod. And Twitter is at havingfunlesspod. And if you want to join the secret Facebook group, if you go to facebook.com slash havingfunlesspod in the pinned Facebook post, you'll find that group. Now, I'm not on that group. I'm not in it. And so I sort of am missing you guys. I don't know what you're thinking. So I'm glad that you're emailing me and I'm going to read some emails. And then the last email I'm going to read is a girl who needs some advice. 
And instead of me flapping my gums with all my stupid advice, I'm going to ask you guys to write me back and do it quickly. Like do it within the next couple days if you can, because I'm going to be recording an episode soon and I will read her the love advice that she so seeks. Okay. Here we go. Here's just some quick emails from people. I had asked for feedback about how this woman wanted to talk to me for 20 minutes on the phone about um, a Pilates class. Jen, you're not being a dick. 15 to 20 minutes on the phone to talk about Pilates is unreasonable and frankly impossible. Also, my God, is it annoying when people ask you inappropriate questions at inappropriate times? I'm not living a, quote, normal life. I'm pregnant but single. I'm a musical theater teacher for extracurricular programs, so I don't have a real job. I'm bi, and I just moved to the suburbs. People aren't mean per se, but they just don't understand my life. And they seem to think it's fine to be like, so don't you want to get married? At the bank. You know, where we talk about marriage. Or why is your life so transient? Asked by a doctor at a hospital. I don't think living in the suburbs and being a musical theater teacher is even transient. But all right. My therapist doesn't push that many boundaries. It's weird. Seriously, you're not being weird, especially because you have anxiety. Me too. And people need to start being more aware that things like that are deeply personal and invasive. Not sure what to do about any of this, though. Everyone I talk to is like, they're just interested. Oh, fuck you. We know the psychology behind it. So I have like three friends and the Funless Facebook group who actually get me. And you. Love, Claire. Thanks, Claire. Um... Hi, Jen. I wanted to be a voice, hopefully among many, confirming your valid frustrations with people lingering in front of grocery stores and coffee shops. I have uh, always, to anyone who forgot, I was talking about people soliciting, you know, do you care about human rights? I have always felt that the tactic involving collecting personal information on a clipboard from people who are trying to get shit done is intrusive, pushy, and ineffective. There are better ways of being charitable with time and money. I love the Humane Society, so I donate directly to them. No human being would ever feel compelled to give their time or money if they feel like they're being accosted. Is this a distinctly American thing? I don't know, probably. I didn't see anything like that when I was in Europe, and it was goddamn refreshing. On the other hand, those dudes that spin signs are amazing. All businesses should have professional sign spinners. I totally agree. I'd like one outside all my shows. If there are any professional sign spinners that want to spin signs outside my shows, um, hit me up. Uh, You can do it for free. (laughs) Why do I not want to pay you? Well, because I already pay so many things. Um, All right. So let me just read more emails here. Ah, 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 ah. Hold, please. Okay. Hey, Jen, I completely understand your annoyance at the Pilates lady. 15 to 20 minutes on the phone? Get out of here. Hey, if you're new to Pilates, please arrive 20 minutes before your first session for a briefing. Otherwise, we look forward to you joining us at X time on X day is what I would expect as a response to my booking. Having said that, as a mid-40s woman, I find myself more often than I want to be. uh, uh Uh-oh. More often than I want to be. Pray to my hormones going into unreasonable fits of peak. I make no apology. The world can just goddamn deal with it. Well, that's why I'm I'm going, uh, I'm I'm supremely in like some hormonal changes. And I think I'm going to go on Zoloft for anxiety. Well, I don't think I'm going to. Why do I lie? I took my first one today. We'll see how it goes. I have to start low, low, low. I've been on it before over the years. um, But... I was a younger gal then, and I don't remember it, if it worked for me or not, but I think I think this older gal needs it now. Okay, uh, that's for next week. Oh, and then remind me, 
I wanted to talk about, I'm going to make a note for next week uh, to talk about, um, I'm writing it down right now, the, I tweeted something about spoilers. So spoilers for podcast. Great. Spoilers for podcast. Okay. Uh, two more emails and we'll get to the advice that is so desperately needed from a listener. Um, Jen. Oh boy, this is an old one. In the Holiday Brain episode, you called out the phrase, I took it personal. Uh, saying it should be, I took it personally. I agree, this is super annoying and grating to read or hear. It's embarrassing that people seem to be so collectively dumb when writing on the internet. Here are a couple other grammar and punctuation mistakes. Though I hesitate to call them mistakes since they're not typos, but deliberately written like this. They drive me insane. Putting the dollar sign behind the number, like that shirt costs 20 dollar sign. I see this all the time. I see the USD sign written like this so much more than the correct way that I had to Google it to see if the rule had changed. It hasn't. I guess because we say $20, people think it must be written that way, but do they not teach this shit in school anymore? I don't, I guess not. I don't even remember learning that in school either, but uh, using bias as an adjective, like I might be biased. No, no, you cannot be biased. You can be biased. People do this with prejudice too, as in you're prejudiced. No, just no. That's like saying I'm anger instead of I'm angry. I can handle an incorrect your your a lot more than these other mistakes that are becoming more and more common. I'm interested to know if this stuff annoys others as much as it annoys me. I might be nitpicky since I was a former English major and currently write and edit. I also obviously 100% give the benefit of the doubt to non-native English speakers because props to them for being multilingual. But coming from native English speakers, this stuff is embarrassing. I understand that language changes and evolves over time, but this is going backwards. It's devolving. I agree. I agree. Okay. Here is the email. Remember, oh God, this was months ago. This girl was going to go cross country and she wanted some advice on what to do by herself cross country. And I think I wrote something like, take pictures and make a scrapbook. I don't know what I was saying. One of my things where if you ask me, if you ask me something, I'll answer it. Doesn't mean I'm giving a good answer, but you ask me to weigh in, I'll weigh in. Um, so she wrote, she wrote to, uh, she wrote to us all, Jen, and she's got, she needs advice. So at the end of it, please write your advice to iseemfun at gmail.com and we will get this woman's love life all figured out. Okay, here we go. Hi, Jen. I've had a crazy fucking summer. Remember me writing in a few months ago about going on a solo road trip? Well, I did it. I was gone for about a month. Most of my time was spent with my sister that lives in a remote part of southern Utah, which I am convinced is the best place in America. I took a week to drive out, spent a little over two weeks with her, and a week to drive home. I camped most of the time and had some hotel nights. As glad as I am as I did this, I am never doing a solo road trip out of a car again. I can't be comfortable sleeping on a narrow-ass sleeping pad in an oppressive sleeping bag. Yeah, that sounds awful. I just can't do it no more. Navigating is also hard by yourself, especially when you are out of service for most of it. Oh, my God. I love actual maps. I don't know how to read one. And they will never go away, but being alone in the wilderness without an app map reassuring you can be scary. When I was in New Mexico, I drove out to Beastie or Bystai Wilderness area and was so freaked out by it, I just turned around and left as soon as I got there. Doing all the driving is also very hard, especially if you are not a driving lover. I also had some pretty bad insomnia the whole time. I was having hypnot jerks 
that was probably caused by anxiety of the general unknown, like, where am I sleeping tomorrow? What's happening? Apparently, my Capricorn rising needs a little more structure in life and just has a hard time dealing with. I was so anxious to get back home because of the insomnia, and did I miss my boyfriend a lot. Also, my Polaroid camera fucking broke. Oh, that's right. I told her to buy a Polaroid camera that it might be fun. I took some photos, but not as many as I would have liked. Well, I guess that's the lesson, right? You can plan as much as you want for a road trip, but you find out as you go along what you like and what you don't like, and you sort of have to improvise. And a lot of the times that you're like worried, and this I remember this one was mostly worried about being bored. And it's like, sounds like you're not bored when you have to pay attention to driving, you have to do this and you have to do that. Um, man, I suck at reading maps. I was so grateful when technology came along. I was like, thank God, I've just been driving in circles. All right, uh, so here's where she needs some advice. Everybody, please write in iseemfun at gmail.com. And on an upcoming episode, we will get you that advice. I bet it's going to be two weeks from now. So please hang tight. And even if your situation works out by then, I know someone else is probably in the same situation. So advice is always good, even if for you exactly it's not happening just yet. So after I get home from my trip, I feel this abnormal space between my boyfriend and I. Like he didn't seem that excited to see me again. After a few days of being home, he tells me, that all that time alone really suited him, and he was contemplating if he wants to be with me or be alone. Oh, I was going to say I'm not going to give advice, but I'm going to give simple advice. It's what Maya Angelou told Oprah Winfrey. When someone tells you, when someone shows you who they are, believe them, and when someone tells you who they are, you better really believe them. He doesn't want to be with you. doesn't matter if he might or he has potential. You should not be spoken to that way. You should end it. Black and white. That's what I think. Listeners weigh in. I seem fun at gmail.com. Let me finish the email. Damn it. I really wasn't going to weigh in. Okay. After a few days of being home, he tells me that all that time alone really suited him, and he was contemplating if he wants to be with me or be alone. We were also supposed to move into a new place at the end of this month, July. That's not a happy way to move in with someone. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. I take a couple days and decided no matter what the outcome, we shouldn't live together. Oh, good. Okay. Since this was my idea, he decides this is a good compromise and we can give our relationship more time. But nope, a week later, which was actually on Sunday, we officially decide to end things. And I had an astrology tarot reading later that same day, which was four hours long. It was incredibly helpful and insightful. She confirmed a lot of my thoughts and feelings. I have a Pisces moon, which comes with witchy, powerful intuition, and I just need to always listen to that. Despite all this drama, I am actually in an amazing spot. I feel good about life, and I'm excited to be alone without a relationship or anyone on a back burner because I've always needed this. It's so surprising because I never thought I'd be saying this. I'll be 33 very soon, celebrating Leo season, and I've never been single. I'm growing more comfortable with myself and knowing myself better each day, and it's all thanks to the weird road trip for really kicking this part of my life into high gear. I wonder if any other fun listeners, nurse, Jen, what are your podcast listeners called now? I wonder if anyone else has had a bonkers, tumultuous summer that turned out to be a super positive thing. Thanks for reading. Okay, this is where I made a mistake. I read the first part of her email. I go, oh, it's the girl weighing in. And then I looked at the first line where she said, my boyfriend was being weird. And that's all I read. And then I read her last sentence, which was, is anyone else had, and I just assumed she was asking relationship advice. And here I am, like Oprah said, Maya Angelou said, she already fucking did it. So she doesn't need your goddamn advice. What she asked, this is so classic me. 
I just sometimes I save things to read on air so I can be surprised along with you, but I should maybe not do that. So Holly wants to know, does anyone else, did anyone else, and this is actually a way really interesting topic, so please write me and write me soon because I, I need an episode coming up. Maybe that'll be the 300th episode, which is coming up in a few weeks. It's also going to be my birthday. So that might be a really cool thing. And then I can share my story of tumultuous things that turned into super positive things. Hopefully there'll be one by the time I record it. <laughs> um, so how about this? Everyone, has anyone else had a bonkers, tumultuous summer that turned out to be a super positive thing? And we'll read it on the 300th episode, which will be at the end of summer. But you, I'm going to record it a week in advance. So get this to me within a week. Just sit down right now and write it. I seem fun at gmail.com. Send me your emails. Again, Holly doesn't need advice because she already took it in her own hands. All y'alls, you better fucking write me. I seem fun at gmail.com. Do it right now. Until next week, have fun!